Welcome in as we are live and it is your BGN radio post game instant reaction show. Myself, Jess, Rachel, the Eagles did play. I know that first half was so forgettable that you probably thought maybe you showed up late or that maybe you got the kickoff wrong. Was this a two o'clock kick here? Something like maybe you were in central zone, whatever it was. No, no, no. They played a first half, but all is right. All is well in Philadelphia as the Eagles somehow came to this self-realization and rightfully so that they are light years better than the New York Giants and things just progressed as a result. That second half was absolute domination. This was a must win. It was a lose-lose scenario. The Eagles could not afford to lose this game clearly against the Giants. And on top of that, they really couldn't afford to play bad throughout the game. Now, they got away with that first half because of what we saw in that second half. But as we are all really inching closer collectively to this playoff push here, the Philadelphia Eagles now where they are set in that sixth spot. We'll see what happens the rest of this weekend, including Monday night. But wow. And Jess, here we are. You know, this has been a long trek, I think, for all of us through the start of the season from Atlanta, now all the way here. And, you know, look, I, I think for the first time all year as well, it, it's it's hard for me to just ignore how freaking bad the New York Giants are. But the Eagles woke up. The second half was probably more a representation of both teams, the Eagles and how bad the Giants are. Happy we can go into this week now with two consecutive wins against quarterbacks that probably shouldn't be playing overall in the NFL, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And it was exactly kind of what we talked about. Like the, the Giants are, they're, they're a max like 10 point offensive football team it doesn't really matter who their quarterback is I think just that offense is built for 10 points and nothing else and we talked last week and we we you and I took a little bit of shit for what we said about the Eagles defense last week I didn't think the Eagles defense had a great performance last week I thought they were playing a garbage team and a garbage quarterback and they gave that garbage quarterback way too many chances way too many opportunities and let them hang around for way too long. They played today the way that they should play Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon. (laughs) They played the way that they should play two garbage quarterbacks, a garbage offense, and the way that they should handle that type of team. They finally played that way. They got the sacks in there. They got the turnovers in there. They got the quarterback hits in there. And they kept the points low to allow for the offense to get themselves together and have the second half that they did. The, the first half was unbelievably frustrating, but I, I think Nick Sirianni co- cursed everybody out at halftime because once they they came back out, it was a completely different football team and, and they looked spectacular in the second half. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about that too before our show. And I'm like, all right, in my head, I'm thinking if this team had legit, aspirations to do something this year like making the playoffs is a significant accomplishment for all of the new faces involved so i'm not downplaying that by any means but my point being is that if we had been talking about this year being about making the playoffs winning the nfc east having a shot to get to the nfc championship game like realistic stuff we've been talking about this team really up until last season right every single Mm -hmm. year then i think i'm a little more disappointed about the first half as far as like this bigger picture. But 
you know, everybody but Dallas and, and really outside of like that random Bucks game, right? I mean, they haven't beaten anybody technically with a winning record. I get it. But they also haven't lost a bunch of, of really bad games outside of really that Giants game. My whole point in all of this, not to ramble, was that I don't look I'm not so upset about that first half because this team showing what they did in the second half, I think is more about what we've constantly been wanting, which is adjust, learn, grow, make these things on the fly. Yeah, they showed up and they looked like shit. There's no other way to put it in the first half. Right. But they didn't stay that way. And, and I think that's been somewhat consistent this year. When they have a bad, slow first half, they, they can bounce back. Yeah, and I think, you know, they got – everything went wrong that could have went wrong. I thought the play calling in the first half was horrific. I <laughs> yeah. thought, you know, once they got out of that, you know, first 15 scripted play BS that everyone loves to do so much, which I still don't know why. Um, once they got out of that, it started to, to get together. But they got their, you know, the penalties, the drops the horrific play calling, the bad decision-making, they got all of that out of the way in the first half. So, you know, it was more than just your regular kind of adjust little things here and there to make it work in the second half. I mean, it was a completely different, different team. They weren't, you know, making these bonehead mistakes every, every single drive, every single down. So whatever they did, you know, exactly what you said, we've been looking for this team to grow make the adjustments they need and hopefully win a few more games than we had anticipated they win. They're exceeding those expectations right now. So to neglect what they have done, it, it you know, it, it's much better. It's a much better season at this point, regardless of how these last two games go. Of course, it's yeah. going to be a letdown if they don't win these last two games and don't make the playoffs because now it's solely in their hands. But, you know, they're still an eight win team when, you know, for the most part, it was thought that they would probably be in that four five, six win range given, you know, the, the turnover and, and whatnot. So, you know, you're absolutely right. If you can kind of just put the, you can't put the first half out of your brain because, you know, you can't play like that going forward. It's hard, right? But when you look <laughs> at the whole package of the adjustments being made and what they have done, you know, it's it's hard not to, you know, be really optimistic about what they what they can do. And this is what you want to see from Nick Sirianni, from Jalen Hurts, the flip that he made. You know, you'd love to see it a whole game from him, but the the, the ability of him to make that switch and, and make those adjustments and, you know, kind of move forward like that. Those are all the things that you want to see. Yeah. And, and you know, off that point you just made. And look, we really have a a half to break down on this game. So you're saying stuff that's that's having me think a little more global. So just bear with me, because I think you raised an interesting point that I wanted to just push here, which is, yeah, two games left. They're not going to blow both of these teams out 52-3. They're not going to get blown out and look like they can't play football. There's going to be middle ground here. I think we know who this football team is with two games left. Uh, It's safe for me to say that based on what we've seen all year. Point being is that Washington is in a shit ton of trouble with their quarterback situation and just how volatile their offense can be. And look, even they got caught to a lesser extent with the other teams relying so heavy on now two running backs and really that being more of a run focused offense. Zeke is fading out. Dallas is there. Pollard is there. They improved the defense. All right, I'll put Dallas they're about to win the division, we think, right? So I'm going to put them 
on the side. The giant. We just saw how bad the Giants are. Like this is re- Jess. This is really bad. Like that team may be some of the worst football players compiled that we've seen in the NFC East in a while. And the Eagles are are like significantly above them. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. No, you're. I was just adding to what you were saying, and they're planning on sticking with their head coach, which. <laughs> yes. See, so it's so. Bear with me. Let's say the Eagles go eight and what would it be? Uh, eight and nine or nine and yeah. eight, depending on what the hell with the extra game in there. Yep. The, technically, let's say they go nine and eight. Technically, okay. they're like eleven and eight. Because the Giants have decided to bring their head coach back, so that's a win. And the Washington football team is in utter shambles with their quarterback. Taylor Heineke is not the guy to move forward with. He was a backup in the first place, and I don't think he's stood out. So the Eagles have really put themselves in a great position, and I think today was a good representation, kind of a reminder that it's going to be Philly. It's back to Philly and Dallas. Yeah, and and that's that's exactly it. Like, do you really – you're in a spot where you can use what you have right now to move forward and still be competitive while still growing young talent. So yeah. do you really want to abandon the strides that you have made so far this year for something else that you're going to have to start over with? And I understand that, you know, there's still a lot of questions around Jalen Hurts and is he the guy for the next 10 years? Maybe not, but he could be the guy for the next two or three when you and a retooled defense and a solid offensive line and a bunch of good running backs are going to be at that top of the division battle when you, you you could have an avenue to playoffs every year. Isn't that the ultimate goal, to make the playoffs yeah. and try to win a Super Bowl? Right. So why would you take steps backwards on that? Right. From what you've built and how integral of a, of like of a piece of the structure Hertz is. If you were, and that's the thing, like you're never just going to, it's never going to be an equal sum. You're never just going to poof. All right, there goes Hertz and in comes Aaron Rodgers or there right. goes Hertz and, and, you know, draft picks, trades. There's going to be dynamics. You bring in somebody and if whatever, the team, Lurie, Roseman, if these guys are enamored with some big arm, the offense is not moving. You don't bring in, uh, you know, take your pick, Spencer Rattler, whoever the hell else it would be, the kid from Pittsburgh. Like, you don't bring somebody in and then just immediately sub that Hurts out and start leading the league in rushing like you've done this year. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Like, they've built something. They've built something here, and the key piece in this structure that they've built, or maybe are like three-quarters of the way building, is Hurts. So if you remove him, then you start over. Right. And I just saw a really interesting tweet that says, you know, Let's talk about Justin Herbert for a second. They're eight and seven, just got absolutely obliterated by the Texans who have right. 16 players on the COVID list right now. They are down so bad and got completely obliterated and they have an eight and seven record. And he is now on his second full season starting. Yeah. Now they were, they were banged up too. Just, I think, you know, Eckler was out. Mike Williams was out. No excuse to lose to Houston. I'm not yeah, arguing that. But either way, this is something <laughs> right. very similar. This eight and seven record, you know, yeah. they and they started off hot and they have completely fallen apart 
as this has gone on. So they started off really well this season and they've started to fall apart. It's an eight and seven record. I know I understand that the Eagles lost to them, you know, earlier in the season, but you know, it's, it's just something like, you know, and, and, and I, you know, retweeted it and someone, you know, is saying, you know, the, that, you know, it seems like, you know, Justin Herbert's highs are higher and, and Jalen Hurts' lows are lower. I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't, you know, spend every weekend watching Justin Herbert play football, but, you know, whatever. It, it's, you, you've got to let a young quarterback go through some sort of growing pain. Like, you're, you're going to have high highs, you're going to have low lows in the first full starting season for a quarterback. And for a player to be able to make that adjustment at halftime, especially the way that yeah. Jalen Hurts did today, last week, rough start for the offense, the way he was able to make that switch put the offense on his back and lead them to that win. Even when he had his horrific game against the Giants at the end of the game, he still had the team right there to be able to make two plays to win them that game. You know, I just think right. that those things cannot be overlooked. And I just think that Jalen Hurts' highs are way higher than his lows and what they could build. It doesn't exactly what it doesn't, you don't just wipe it out. Put I don't care who you put in there. If it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, it doesn't matter who you put in there. That doesn't guarantee that this is just going to take off and be fine. Yeah, and and you're never going to be able to just singly, singularly just replace anybody anyway. Like there's going right. to be a, a ton of factors in there. I, I think what happens. I think what happens with a lot of people i'm not even going to say us i was going to say us like the collective us as a fan base but i i don't think that there are even uh, a ton of people but i think that there's always going to be vocal minorities sprinkled throughout but i i think what happens is people get caught and they may not be even watching the guy that they're comparing hurts to but they'll say oh come on you know this guy justin herbert threw for 350 through for and they they want what we have in front of us to look like what's being packaged and presented to us on these highlight shows throughout on ESPN to Fox, to CBS sports, wherever people are consuming their highlight show of the day. And they want it to look specifically like that. And I don't know why, I don't know if that's because they grew up watching that, if that's what they've been told, if that's what their kids coming over saying, if that's what they're reading on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, like, I don't know what the, what the motivation or the Genesis may be Jez is that, but I feel like there is a lot of Jalen Hurts has to fit in this particular mold. And if he doesn't, oh my goodness, he can't be the guy. Or oh my goodness, he's not Herbert. Or oh my goodness, he's not filling the blank. But as we all know or should know watching this kid, he does things that not many people can do. And that's okay because they're working. It's not like, you know, they're down 30 every game. And he's pulling stuff out of his hat. And we're like, okay, okay, come on. You know, they're down 30 every game. He's bringing his team back even after mistakes he may make in the first half. Yeah. I just think that, you know, it's it's the, the ultimate point of it is quarterbacks in their second year in the NFL are not going, always going to be a finished product. That's yeah. ultimately the point. It doesn't matter if they have the same style of play or completely different styles of play. You know, Justin Herbert's arm is way different than Jalen Hurts's arm. And Jalen Hurts's run game is something Justin Herbert could only dream to have. You know what I mean? So it's 
it's not, it's comparing apples to oranges, but ultimately to say these are two teams with young quarterbacks that have good defensive players and have good role players around them on the offense as well. And they still have the same record because there are growing pains that happen and everyone wants right. to like, you know, and, and, and that, that's, that's the point. So you have to just under like understand that there are things that Jalen does well, things that Jalen doesn't do well there, but there are still so many more things that he does do well and that you want out of a guy leading your team. And you're exactly right. I think that the NFL for so long has been a passing league. And for the last 10 years, it's been about the guys like Patrick Mahomes with enormous arms that throw for 400 yards every week. And they have these sexy offenses with guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey making ridiculous plays left and right. Just because the Eagles don't run this sexy offense doesn't mean it's not effective and can't be effective going forward. So, you know, it's like, I just want to say, who cares? Like, who cares? Right. You know what I mean? Right. You have to run the ball to be successful in the NFL. We've talked about this several times. Just because the Eagles are doing it more and doing it in a different style than other teams, people want to be like all up in arms and mad about it. But if they're winning games and putting up 30 points, I understand it's against the sorry ass New York Giants, but like they still won the game. They still made yep. the adjustments. They looked like a completely different team. And Jalen Hurts, you know, had a great second half. And if they had lost that game, we would have been up their rear with right. both legs up to our elbow. And, and we would have been crushing them just like we did the first time. That 13-7 game was inexcusable. And the Giants are worse now than they were back then. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I wanted to get to this point real quick from John and I look, it's a valid point to raise and I'm not going to disagree with John uh, Cassiano's point here. I just wish these wins were against formidable opponents. 
I think formidable is a very it's a very open term on how you want to define it, because how I look at it, John, Jess, Rachel and everyone else is we look, we're dealing with three tiers in the NFL, except the top tier and the bottom tier are like this. They're like three or four teams in the bottom. Giants are definitely down there in that bottom team. And right, they're like three or four teams up in the top. And then there's everybody. And I th- and I don't think it's just it's the same every week. Like it fluctuates. It moves up. It moves down. What I would say is that the Eagles, even with that one lone awful loss to the Giants, and look, you know, the couple of these losses, Raiders game, that was their own doing. But the Giants game aside, everything else you're going to take. Eagles have never really dipped. You know, they started out low because we didn't know what the hell they were at the start of the season. Then they've climbed, they've climbed, they've climbed. But they've stayed moving in this upward trajectory, and they're at the top of that, like, thick, fat middle tier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, ultimately, John, I can't say that they're beating the Bucs, they're beating the Packers, but were they supposed to be beating those teams in the first place this year? Probably not. You can also only play the team that's in front of you. You can only play yep. the team that you're slated to play on – Thursday, Sunday, or Monday. There's, you know, just because that they are lucky enough to finish out their schedule playing their sorry-ass division, you know, they, it's good they're not in the, you know, NFC North. Okay? You know, it, yep. it is what it is. This division is garbage. It was competitive a couple years ago, one of the most competitive divisions in, in the National Football League. Now it's the worst. It is what it is. So you play who's in front of you, and all you can do is – Play them the correct way. And when you're playing the Giants, who are pathetic, you want to put up 34 points yeah. and not let up more than, you know, the, the touchdown in garbage time when they had all their backups in. It is what it is. But, you know, more than three points against your starting defense. That was – they played the way that they should have played against that football team. You know, it's it's not – that, that it was this close that they beat the yeah. Giants by that we would we would still be sitting here having a ridiculously angry conversation. We wouldn't have even cared that they won if they won by this much today. As we you know, say, same a couple of weeks ago when they played the Giants the first time. Had they actually come back and won that game, I don't. I think we would have been you know thrilled with the you know number going into the win column. But ultimately, you know that w- that was a horrific feeling leaving that game. Had this yeah. game gone any different in the second half we'd be having a much different conversation today. You know, they played the team that was in front of them. They played them the way they were supposed to play. While I also agree, I would love to see them win some of these other games earlier in the season that they played against the 49ers, against the Chargers, who are, you know, again, not playing very well right now, even though they played really well that day. Or, you know, the Bucks. You would have loved to see right. them get over that hump because they, those were all still very winnable games for them. You would have loved to see them get over that hump then, but they didn't. They've started to figure it out, have won six of their last eight games, and are playing really well. You know, yeah. you're take what's in front of you. And ultimately, they got to the point where, you know, thankful for the Rams today to beat the Vikings because now all the Eagles have to do is keep winning. They don't have to rely on a bunch of other things to happen. They could clinch next week if, like, you know, a list of six different things all seem to happen. But ultimately, to get into playoffs, which is a win for this season in itself. Absolutely. They just have to keep winning. They could end the season with 10 wins. Which ten, is yes, I mean, they, not even remotely where we thought they would be. 10 and 7 is definitely not after the first couple of weeks. 
where I think anybody on the planet, including guys in that locker room, thought they would be. I am curious how lucky this team is, and I don't mean it in the sense of like bounce of the ball or schedule or anything like that, but correct me if I'm wrong, they've got to be one of the few teams that has not been decimated by in, in at least one week, right, from COVID. Yeah, I'm just knock on some wood over here while you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I'm sorry. I have to bring it up. I apologize. And you could blame me. You could do whatever the hell you want. You could burn me in effigy if this happens. Like, I, I get it. I'm sorry. But, you know, you're bringing up the Chargers. There are so many teams today. Like, they're down Eckler. They're down Mike Williams. They're, they're You mentioned the Texans. They're down even more guys, 16 guys. We saw what just happened with Washington. Now, look, the Giants... They have guys that are out there. Daniel Jones got hurt. Like they have guys who were out there in a backup capacity, but even their starters are dog, you know, like they're terrible. So I'm not even bringing the giants up, but we've seen this, you know, the chiefs, it didn't really matter. Right. But you know, the chiefs they're playing now against Pittsburgh, you know, they're down Jason, Jason, sorry. They're down Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. I just feel like this has been, and I don't know how to take it. I'm not saying like, oh, don't extrapolate anything positive from this season because the Eagles didn't go one week without losing 15 guys. I'm not saying right. that at all. I, I just, I don't know what to make of that because I feel like this has probably been something that, not luck, but something that has fueled this continuity with the team, that they haven't had to deal with something like that. And that, I think, has helped this growth that we've seen on the team probably exponentially. So I'm not just to clarify, I'm not using it as a negative. I'm not saying it's a negative. In fact, I think it's a positive. I think, you know, like they got lucky. They may have dodged a bullet. And in that regard, it's helped them grow even more so that they haven't had to go one, two, three weeks with, you know, 10, 15 guys out. Yeah. And there, I think there are a couple factors there. So I think I saw earlier this week, I don't remember if it was before, Tuesday's game or if it was yesterday or Friday that I saw it the Eagles had every single player on their 53-man roster currently available to play which is wild to me based on where the Eagles usually are in terms of injuries um I think the Eagles and I'm I'm not positive on this but I'm fairly certain the Eagles didn't when when the NFL lifted a lot of COVID protocols, I think the Eagles kept a lot of theirs in place to make sure that they didn't have any issues like some other teams possibly were. I think the Eagles were still keeping a lot of things as they were to make sure they didn't. And then especially a couple weeks ago when teams really started to get decimated, the Eagles put a lot of those other ones that they had previously lifted, they put them back in place. Like they still were, I think they still have masks in their facilities at all times. They, especially the week leading up to Washington when it was really bad in the NFL, they moved a lot of their meetings to virtual or outside or spread them out into bigger spaces. So they were still doing a lot of things to make Mm. sure that they don't have these issues and are being as safe as possible. Um, And I also just I I just think that they've done a they've done a good job and and yeah. you know additionally I don't I'm not a doctor I'm not a scientist so I I can't really I, I have no idea how good or bad this is going to be but the NFL's adjustment to protocols now are basically only testing anyone with symptoms 
So anyone that is asymptomatic and just kind of around, they're not testing players unless they're right. symptomatic until the end of the season. So okay. that also is going to, I think, change some of the COVID list issues that they have across the NFL because the entire testing protocol is now different. So that is, you know, that might help any team that might have some issues with, you know, with that. But, you know, who knows? I, I don't know how the NFL is doing it. I don't know how they're working it. It is what it is. But let's just hope that through these last couple of weeks, the Eagles keep it where they have because they've done a good job and I would love for them to keep it there. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and, and all of us, I think, echo that by all means. So I'm curious, right, because Rachel is always is monitoring Twitter. We have a ton of people piling in some comments and majority. I recognize what happened, the difference clearly between the first and the second halves. But with three words or with a tweet, it's a little different. And as I've learned my lesson, so I'm not going to come in here saying, oh, I'm sure that. 95% of the tweets are just focusing on the second half and that a majority of people who are weighing in on Twitter are just focusing on all the positive. Unfortunately, there was a full halves worth of crap for people to sift through and tweet about. So I imagine that if anything, it's a little more balanced, right? It's actually all over the place. I thought we were going to get strictly like only about the first half compared to the second half, but like we're getting, and it's not all, it's not all bad. We're getting a lot on Lane Johnson. So that's like positive, of course, Nice, but a lot of it is Mr. TD. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's not, it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of bad. Um, There's bipolar two halves, too many passes. That's kind of negative, but for sure. Early on. Why? Right. Good question. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, wins a win, second half team, Jalen Hurts team, the pain lane. I saw the sweet revenge. So that was, that was a good one. Nice. one. Not going anywhere. So they're kind of like all over the place, but majority of them are focused on Lane Johnson. So well, I love beautiful. that. And then, of course, the Hurts is inconsistent, has to get thrown in there, but you know, that's coming. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's like, Get it all out in the first half. Right? <laughs> it's like get it all out in the first half, and then it's hey, really inconsistent in the first half, really consistent in the second half. I'll take it. You yeah. know, I'll take. He didn't miss anybody wide open in the end zone in the second half, so that's something to build on, right? I'm surprised I didn't see a. I'm surprised I didn't see a lot on the drops. I haven't seen like anything on the drops in the first half. That's because you can't put those on Jalen Hurts, so. Well, I'm just saying in general, yeah, like I've in seen general tweets about the drops and there were a good amount of drops. So four? this team drops more footballs four, than any four. team in the history of the NFL ever, ever. I mean, it was so bad. It was. So Why? How is this a thing? Like you can't blame the medical staff where guys are getting hurt. You can't blame the turf. Like you can't blame. They've had multiple coaches. Now they were dropping stuff back when Chip was here. I just, I have. There are a few things where I have such little patience for, and a few of those things, one of them is penalties. I have such little patience for dumb things like an illegal touching penalty or an offsides penalty where you are quite literally just standing offside. Like there are certain things I have, I have so little patience for. And one of those other things 
is NFL wide receivers who quite literally make their money for the one thing Mm. that they are responsible for, and that is to catch the ball. And I just, it frustrates me so much to watch other NFL games where you watch guys make incredible plays left and right. And it doesn't even have to be a perfect ball by the quarterback every time. Like sometimes the playmakers just go out and make plays and like, that's okay too. But for the Eagles, it is quite literally the opposite and they can't make routine catches, let alone anything else exciting. Nope. It is infuriating to watch that happen. And Devontae Smith has has brought so much joy to my life because he actually does those things. And it's I, it reminds me that it's possible. Consistently. Hope. Yeah. Consistently. Yes. Look, he's got better feet than most guys in the league have hands. So yes. Once it, he's, team, he's made grabs, like, like he's made touchdowns now, put up points on the board with his feet, yes. with his butt. With his hands, like every body part, man. I, I love it. Just sign me up for Devontae every single week. It's I would die for Devontae Smith. It's like <laughs> yeah, I love watching the replays because I'm like, that's so freaking impressive. Like so impressive. I want to try it, you know, but yeah, it looks it's so fun. Hard. It's just very impressive. It was it, Some, I yeah. mean, j- just today alone, that the, those two those two catches that he had to, I mean the 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 one long ball that he just made sure to come down with and then the, the touchdown. I mean I, it doesn't get much better than that. And of course, you know, like the one he came back for last week and everything, it's just, it's so, it's so nice to see and have someone that is, that is reliable Yes. for once. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. We're getting to the point and it's going to come. We're getting to the point where you're going to see more games like this, at least, even from a target share standpoint. Now, granted hurts didn't throw hurts through a lot for 29. As far as like what we've seen when the running game is, totally efficient and effective and all, but you know, seven to 10 targets a game. There's no reason why, even if you're forcing one or two targets, like think about that. You're forcing it to a, a legit wide receiver. So it's not just going to be a mistake. Seven to 10 targets a game, please. Minimum seven a game for this kid. He can do special things, even if the ball isn't on point. I just want to see him heavily involved because then he, he can open other stuff up as well. So just make him the focal point every single freaking time. It doesn't have to be Jalen Rager three targets in the first half first. Let's give Jalen Rager his credit for his his, yes. his, his return. I'm though. just saying. So happy. I, I want to see 10 targets. It's like, you know, like back when you were in school or, or back when you had to do something first to earn the the reward right like all right Rager's Rager's the afterthought you throw to him 20 times that's fine but just give me my 10 targets to Devante that's all I'm saying yes that's yes. it I don't want to take anything away from Rager Jess I'm sorry no I just think that I, if like when I walk away from a game feeling like the passing game didn't like Devante Smith was not the number one focus I, that's that's a failure in my opinion. He should always it, that should be the first option every single time, whether he is single, double, or triple covered. He yeah. like it's it just and and again like that relationship is only going to grow and only going to get better. It's just I'm so happy it's ours. <laughs> yes. I know that's that's the best part, right? It's like um, we get to we get to root for that kid. I love it. I love and, it. And also knowing like how badly the Giants wanted him, and unfortunately we had to make a deal with the devil to get there. But the fact that we 
leapfrog the Cowboys and the Giants to be able to take him from the Giants. It's so beautiful. Lane Johnson yeah. now has more touchdowns this season than uh, their first-round wide receiver. Fun fact. Kadarius Tony. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, also, did Kenny Galladay score today? Was no, I don't. Uh, Kenny Galladay. I can't believe that they million dollars for no touchdowns. Targeted him eight times, and, it, and you wouldn't even know he played today. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Brutal. All right. So as we get out of here, right, let's let's think about this. We've got Washington next week, then Dallas. Uh-huh. Let's just there's no doubt they're making the playoffs, right? They're not losing to Washington. They yeah. could lose to Dallas and still make the playoffs. So yes. I just want to leave that out there. But they have put and, and I'm not saying, you know, the old time mentality. This is the new time mentality, if you will, the post 17 mentality where they have put they have given us hope. They have given us tangible hope right now. So I hope they're ready for this ride the final couple of weeks because we're all looking. They're going to destroy Washington no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah. They should. They should. They should. And I think they have the opportunity to do that to Dallas at home as well because I think that does Dallas if, – if they lock up a one seed, do they rest their starters? Because, they might not because they have a bye week or do they rest them to give them the extra time during the bye or if they can't lock up the one seed by beating the Eagles, do they rest them anyway to essentially give them that buy? Who knows what they try to do? But even if they do play their starters, there's some there's just something in the air when they play Dallas in December or January that is just so much different than than earlier in the season. And it doesn't really matter, as we saw a couple of years ago when they got absolutely smoked in Dallas. Dallas came up here and had everything to play for. And the Eagles yeah. still were able to to pull out that win. So I I think that regardless of what happens, I would consider this season to be a success from what it is. Mm-hmm. But I really just hope that they haven't given us this amount of hope and it just gets destroyed because that would suck. <laughs> Very much so. I love it. Great way. To, great way. Great point, I think. Way to end it. All right. So we're going to be back. Next week, following Washington. Look, we appreciate all of you hanging here with us. We appreciate the comments, the interaction. Hit that thumbs up, please, if you haven't already. And make sure you're subscribed here to the channel. Rachelle, Jess, we'll talk next week after a Washington. I'm rubber stamping. All right, Chris, after what I saw today, that got off of first half to come back, I'm rubber stamping. All right, blame me. We'll see you next week. <laughs>